Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson, and today is episode 75. And today I'm, I'm very fortunate to have my good friend, Gary Curley. He's a, he's a realtor in Missouri. You know, and, and the way that I met Gary was our, my nephew and his son, actually, are, they're friends, and they used to, they played on the same soccer team. And we met a few years back and we've just stayed, we've stayed friends ever since. I, I go out to Missouri quite a bit to see my, uh, my, my family out there. And, and so I, we, we often go to lunch and, but you know, the reason that I brought Gary on today, you know, Gary has done now, some of you guys follow me over on Instagram and know I, I'm known as the it's possible guy. And one of the things that I talk about on there is you know, just how we can do almost anything. And Gary has an amazing story about how, you know, I, I think, first of all, as singles, I think sometimes we let things get in our way. You know, it's like we let tiny, tiny pebbles on the ground trip us up instead of simply just stepping, the, stepping over them or walking through them. And if there was ever an amazing example of somebody that just plowed through something that has never been done before, it's Gary. Gary, Gary went from becoming a police officer to becoming the number two realtor in all of Missouri in a matter of a few years. And so that was, that was the original reason I kind of brought him on here. You know, we, and we have so much fun talking and I learned so much from him. So with that, you know, the, the little introduction I gave to Gary, I'm going to let him introduce himself a bit and say, say a little bit about what he wants. Man, thank you so much, Joseph. It's a pleasure to be on and, you know, a guest on your uh, single podcast. Uh, talk to all you singles um, today. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say, you know, that Joseph just didn't introduce me, but, um, you know, kind of you talked about, you know, my story and stuff and, you know, it can be pretty impactful for some people. Um, you know, I started out as 20 years old. Um, not sure what I was going to do with my life. Uh, man, I barely graduated high school. Um, I cheated off my girlfriend pretty much just to graduate, you know, um, kind of, you know, I don't know if other people do this, but I'm like 18. I had no plans to go to college. Um, I'm like definitely out of the picture. Um, so I'm like, man, I, I guess I need to find a job, you know, and um, I tried a concrete company. I couldn't pass their test. You know, there's a lot of math in there, apparently. And uh, so I was like, man, I, I landed in a factory, you know, and I, man, I worked, uh, you know, odd shifts, people that didn't really speak the same language I spoke and not really sure what I was doing with my life. And uh, I always knew I wanted to be a police officer. Um, it's just kind of in my blood. And, uh, but I get comfortable. I hate change. So my personality type, like once I get comfortable with something, I'll stick with it forever. Um, well, I got laid off. And at that point I'm like, man, I'm 20. What do I do with my life? Um, so I forced myself to kind of go to the police Academy and, uh, or walk into the police Academy and like, Hey, like I want to be a police officer. What do I do? And they're like, it starts tomorrow. Um, luckily it didn't give me a lot of time to think about it or I probably would have backed out. Um, it was scary, you know, 20 years old, wasn't sure, you know, how to navigate life or what, you know, got a job. Um, I was a detective for 13 of my 15 year career. Uh, I was a crimes against children's detective. Um, I needed a change from that. And uh, man, to, to be honest and frank, um, the department um, didn't back me up on that. They, they did not want me to change, like change fields. Um, they're like, you're our guy. Um, but I know it's something inside me. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, so I was like, I'm going to get another job. And they're like, you've only been a cop, you know, and that sticks with me. Yeah. Even today. And, uh, I was like, man, you're right. I've only, I've only been a cop my whole adult life, pretty much. Um, very successful career as a lead uh, detective. I've trained other crimes against children's detectives in that, in our area. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess that's all I really know how to do. So my, uh, my daughter was playing basketball one day. Uh, we're sitting down and 
I mean, we're exchanging work stories with some other guy opening stuff uh, envelopes. And uh, he's like, have you ever thought about being a realtor? And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know what that means, really. You know, I had a house, but, you know, I didn't really know what it entailed. It's like, man, I'm just a cop. And he's like, if you can do that, you can do anything. And I was like, wow, you're right. You know, like, I didn't know if I believed it at the time. Um, went into real estate school, um, you know, got, got my real estate license. My goal for my first year was to sell two houses um, because I'm still a detective. Um, you know, I, I kept that job for two years. Um, my goal is to sell two houses my first year. So that covered my overtime. Um, I, I didn't have to work overtime anymore. I sold, I sold 51 houses my first year in, in real estate. So I actually made three to four times my income um, when I got out. And so the reason I got out is I just stand freedom. Uh, I couldn't do that job anymore emotionally. Um, I didn't want to wear a tie anymore. I didn't want to ask for permission to uh, have a day off, to take a road trip, to jump on a plane. Uh, I was tired of being told to wear short sleeves, long sleeves, you know, uh, you know, I just, there's no control of life. Uh, I loved what I did, but they, they kind of ruined it for me. Um, and I needed to get my soul back a little bit um, because, you know, I was pretty damaged at that point. Um, I was the most toxic individual you'd ever be around. Um, I was sick of myself, uh, just driving into work every day. I was nauseous. Um, by the time I got probably five miles from my job, um, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I quit. And scariest thing I've ever done, um, I cried all the way home, you know, my last day, thinking I made a huge mistake. I need to turn around. And then that next month, I made twice as much in that month than I made in a whole year being at the being at the police department. And I said, man, I can do it. If I don't sell another house for two years, I'm still gonna make more than what I'd make there, you know, in a whole year. So in 2019, you know, I became my kind of started my journey. Um, you know, I sold quite a few houses the first two years, you know, but my business really took off when I uh, became full time and started treating my business, you know, or I guess my job as a business. And in 2020, I became the number two realtor in the entire state uh, with just four years of experience and pretty incredible. You know, I sold 125 houses um, as an individual agent. And I knew, you know, that at that point I, I needed a change. Um, I was working a lot of hours. Um, Still didn't work as hard as I used to work as a detective. Um, so, you know, I was used to hard work. I like hard work. Um, nobody will ever outwork me, I promise that. Um, but I needed a change. I needed a balance for me and my family. Um, so I just, I created the team. And uh, just today I found out we're, we're ranked, I believe, number 14th in the state as a team, uh, which is pretty cool to still be a pretty new team. Um, I'm growing rapidly from, I had three agents last year to, uh, I, I think I just added my 10th agent. So uh, all within a couple, three months, uh, two to three months. So we're, we're growing rapidly and uh, man, the journey has been great. Uh, I just bought my building, you know, to house my team as we outgrew where we were and uh, man, it's, it's just been a journey. So I, that's me. That's, that's kind of my story in a, you know, a huge nutshell right there. You know, I, I, I love your story because it's interesting. Like one, one thing that I caught in what you said was how that one single person, like he basically said, oh, if you've been a cop, you can do anything. And, and how the other side of that, the other people said, your, your cop friends basically said, well, if you've been a cop, that's all you can do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and how so often people want to put us in these boxes. And, and a lot of times it's even people we feel are close to us. It's our family, it's our colleagues, it's our coworkers. And it doesn't matter the reason they do it. If somebody's not telling us something that's going to help us get further to where we feel we need to be going, then they're not helping us. And, and it's okay to ignore those people. I mean, one of my favorite lines actually comes from the Book of Mormon, and it's talking about all these people that are making fun of the people that are taking the 
taking a path less traveled per se. And, and it basically says, and we heeded them not. And then there's another part that says, and those that did heed them fell away. Whenever we listen to people that don't have our best interest at heart, or maybe they even do have our best interest at heart, but they only see it one way. You know, what I've come to learn, I mean, for example, if you would have listened to those people around you that were trying to keep you safe and trying to help you out, like you would not have the lifestyle that you do now. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody always wants to interject their opinion, right? Everybody's an expert. I mean, and honestly, I mean, when I told my parents I was going to be a police officer at 20, they're like, no, you're not. And I was like, man, I'm pretty sure I am. I, I joined the academy like tomorrow, you know, and they're like, no, it's too dangerous. You know, so it's I've always been good at pushing, pushing past that. And honestly, I'm the type of person if you tell me actually, no, um, I'm going to do the opposite just to spite you. You know, uh, it's kind of my mentality is this anti-authoritative thing I have going on. Um, and so when, you know, they told me, like, you're just a cop, like I did kind of believe it because man, I was scared to do anything else. I didn't really have any. I thought I thought I didn't have any other skills. Um, but what. I didn't realize is I actually, because I was uh, in law enforcement, I had a ton of skills that were actually transferable. So I was a hostage negotiator, you know, well, what a real estate agent do? We negotiate, you know? Um, and it's, it's not like it's some movies where, you know, um, you're like good cop, bad cop or anything. It's literally just building a rapport and empathy for the other side and make, making it a win-win. It's the same thing in hostage negotiations, you know. Um, you just try to make it a win-win for everybody, you know, that way nobody gets hurt. Um, same thing in real estate, you know, except it's for deals, you know. And, uh, you know, all my interrogation and interview techniques, um, I use it on a daily basis, uh, you know, with just clients and, and other realtors. And um, it just helps me navigate, you know, uh, this whole other field. Uh, and yeah, it's just completely transferable. Well, I, I love what you said in there that you said, I thought I didn't have any other skills. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we do, and as people that listen to this podcast know, we talk a lot about the three principles of mind, consciousness, and thought. Now, we have crazy leprechaun thoughts, is what I call them, that come through our heads. And it's like, oh, you're not good enough to do that. You're not. You can't do this. You can't do this other thing. And, and there's a different feeling to it. Like we yeah. have, cause we have good thoughts too, you know, that I believe come from the spirit and come from, you know, come from heavenly father that tell us like, we just feel really good about something. And then we fear. And then we feel fearful. Like if we get, if we get a yucky feeling, it's telling us, Hey, this path isn't for you. But if we just get some strange thinking in our head, it's not really telling us anything except, oh, you're having a lot of scary thinking about that in this moment. And so many people, we get tied into our stories. We get tied into this thing of saying, oh, my goodness, well, I've only ever been a cop, so I could only be a cop. Well, I don't know about you. Like, I got an entire bookshelf behind me. I can pick up any one of them and I can be involved in any different, a different story in every one. And it's the same with us. Like we have the desire, for example, to, to be a realtor, to pick up any type of book. You know, it, we desire to be a salesperson. We desire to be, um, I mean, even, you know, with single people, they, many of them desire to be married, but they're so locked into this thing of, oh my goodness, like, it's too late for me. I, I, I'm never going to find the right one. They're all taken. You know, I know there's tons of fish in the sea, but none of them are for me. Like, there's so many things that we do along those lines that prevent us from even opening the book. I mean, anytime you open a book, you're going to see different things. I mean, you know, as I, I, I keep mentioning a little bit of Gary's lifestyle and like I've, I've known him, like I said, for a couple of years. And 
you know, he, he drives around and everybody waves to him because he drives in this like super, super neon green Lexus. That's like a, a pretty high end Lexus. And people are, when, when we're driving around in that, people are waving to us and, and everything else. And, you know, the interesting thing I want to come back on, on thought and tie this in. And, you know, me and Gary have had countless conversations. So hope, hopefully he doesn't mind if I bring some of this stuff up. But one of the things he shared with me is that he really struggled with social anxiety. And so what he did, he went out and bought like a a really, really, really nice car. So guess what? When he's filling up with gas, everybody else is coming out and talking to him. Hey, what do you do? It's not him, him walking up to somebody else and saying, hey, I'm a realtor. It's wow, what do you do? And it, so they break the ice for him. And then after that, he has a stainless steel business card that is really, really, really cool looking. And he just, and then he hands them that. Now, these are the business cards. Like I throw plenty of business cards away. His is still in my desk because you just don't throw away a stainless steel business card. There are, we have so much thinking about why we can't do what we think we want to do that we don't even take the step. You know, I mean, it's interesting. One of the things that I started doing is I've wanted to be a songwriter for years and I've written a few songs, but one of the things we actually did is this lady is like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to collaborate? And I didn't know this lady at all. Right. And I'm like, Okay, why not? Like, let's let's see what happens. Let's let, let's say yes, and let's see what happens. Well, we had a songwriting session. We actually started to come up. I mean, we spent probably three and a half hours yesterday working on the song. And you know the funny part about it the the idea of the song it actually started out as like super cheesy, and then it's like wait wait wait, there's something here. Okay, there's something here. There's something here. There's something here. And now I'm, I'm really excited to work on that. But we, we don't even open the book. Oh, I, I really want to. I, I really want to go out with the person of my dreams. Well, have you even said hi? Have you smiled? I mean, as you know, for girls, have, have you taken them brownies? You know, like, have you ever said, hey, I'd like to spend more time with you? Because guys are stupid. Like you could walk up to a guy, you could basically say, I'm madly in love with you and I want to marry you. And he'd be like, so that means you're interested. (laughs) You know, and so there's, there's something about like Gary, like making yourself a magnet, which you have done. I mean, you've got, you know, countless people that know you and countless people that claim to know you and because you've done all the work. Now, I, I, want, I want you to tell your story, unless you have any other thoughts about what I said. I want you to tell the story about you showing up at a house at like midnight to show a house. Can you tell that one? So, uh, so yes, I think I know which one you're talking about. So, um, so man, I always pride myself in like nobody will ever outwork me, you know? And so I'm laying in bed one night. It was like probably, I don't know, nine o'clock or so. Uh, I get a, I get a message from a client that's like, Hey, I want, I want to see this house, you know, and it's a fast market. So I knew, and that was actually when I still worked, you know, as a detective the next day. So I'm like, man, I won't be able to show them again until tomorrow evening. So I'm like, man, as long as you don't care how I'm dressed, like I'll, I'll, I'll go show it. And so I drove, I drove north about 40 minutes uh to show this house i was in you know my pajama pants and and t-shirt and they loved the house i called they weren't pre-approved yet so i called my lender and woke her up and was like hey we, we got somebody you know wanting to buy a house here and uh we we got to get our offer in tonight you know and she was like man it's like 10 o'clock at that point uh 10 30 and i was like yeah like let's do it so she got them pre-approved, you know, within the hour, we're still standing in this house, you know, in a city 45 minutes north. I write the offer 
um, at the kitchen table. And by, by midnight, we get an accepted offer uh, that night. And, you know, it's just those types of things are what sets me apart in my industry because most realtors would be like, oh, I'll show it tomorrow at six o'clock and the house will be sold, you know? Um, so I always just look, how can I best serve my clients? Um, but so everything kind of goes back to what, what Joseph was saying is when people tell you, like, you, you get inside your own head as far as you can't do something. So there's three words that have changed my life. Like I can, I can, there's a few life-changing moments that I can always remember. Like, this is what's changed my life. This has changed my life. There's three words. I was running on a treadmill about four years ago, you know, and uh, I was still a realtor. I was successful, but I always felt like I was kind of capped out. Like, you know, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, I'm not sensational, you know, um, I'm running on the treadmill, you know, and you get that runner's high, just all the thoughts and emotions start flooding in. And I start thinking about like maybe some of the top people in my industry, you know, I'm like, man, what, what are they doing that I'm not, you know, like, how did they get there? How are they multimillionaires, you know, and I'm not. And then I just started thinking, and I'm like, man, no, I deserve that. You know, like, why not me? Those three words changed the trajectory of my life. And it's kind of every time that I, I sit down with people now and I'm like, who is the most successful person, you know, you know, they don't, you don't have to know them personally. They could be on TV or whatever, you know, and, and somebody, they usually put out some celebrity or, or whatnot. And I was like, what separates them from you? And there's really nothing. You know, it's except maybe mindset. And that's something that we can work on on ourselves. And so anytime that I'm, I'm going for something. So my goal now on my team is to be the number one team in the world within five years. And I'm just like, why not me? You know, most people would be like, that is just so unattainable. Why do you want to do that? And I'm like, why not me? You know, and so I always go back to, to you and your audience, you know, and when you're saying like, man, you know, why can't I, I can't have that person. I'm too old to date, or maybe I'm not, you know, pretty enough or smart enough to, to have the perfect partner. And you just have to say back to yourself, you know, why not me? And so I say, you know, why not you, you know, you deserve everything that anybody else has. You just have to shift your mindset to that positive thinking. And you can, you can literally be anything that you want to be. You know, I know that sound just sound like an army commercial, but it's true. You know, I mean, they're, they're the first ones that got it started off, you know, be all you can be, be in the army, but it's true. I mean, it's, there's nothing like, so when I, I switched companies to, to Remax, you know, that first month I asked a broker, I was like, man, who's your, who's your top three agents, you know? And she's like, keep your eye on these people. The next, the next few months, that's who, that's like the top people that you want to emulate. Man, my first month there, I knocked them off. I was like, that's my spot, you know, like, thanks for keeping it warm. And I never, I've, I've never been knocked off my spot. So, uh, and I just, I took that approach. I'm sitting there in the parking lot on my first day and I'm like, why not me? What separates that top agent? From, from me, nothing. I'm going to go get mine, you know, I'm going to go take it from them. And, you know, and I don't care who gets upset and I don't care because they're not putting in the work, but I, I am because I know that I deserve it. And it, you can translate that not just in business, but in any aspect of your life, you know, uh, just all you have to do is repeat to yourself, why not me? And then go get it. You know, there's there's so much that you said in there. The, the the big thing that I found, I mean, even just when I when I said the be all that you can be, it reminded me of, you know, the power of really internalizing something. Like each of us have the story, the soundtrack of our mind per se, that's always, always on. And you know, I, I happen to, uh, well, I mean, for example, with what you were saying before, you're like, oh, no, I'm just a cop. I'm just a cop. I'm just a cop. 
Now, I understand you have that crazy leprechaun thinking that creeps in every now and then, but you are a much, a much different person now. And, and, and even if you don't feel that way, you, are, you have been incredibly successful at what you've done. But, you know, especially for you know, single people, like we get this story in our head of, I mean, I, I truthfully, I, I had a person tell me, oh, man, I would love for you to coach my son but you're not married. <laughs> you know, at the time it was devastating because that, that would have made a huge difference. And it was like, oh, that's not cool. And then it's just understanding like, yeah, certain people are going to have their story about us. Who cares? You know, I love, uh, I'll, I'll edit the line, but I love the, the line at the end of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. When, you know, he's running away and the, and the prison guard basically says that'll be two weeks in the box. And he, and he says, who gives a care? I love that attitude. I mean, then that attitude definitely encompasses you. But, but back to this story thing, we get this soundtrack of, oh, I'm single. Oh, I, I've never, I've never had, I, I don't have college education. Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I don't have this. Well, what's interesting, when you read a really good book and you put it away, you still have some of that story circling in your mind, but it disappears fairly quickly. However, when we start having thoughts about ourselves, because the way I, I, I had this interesting realization just a couple of days ago, you know, our brain is like a computer. And, you know, it's almost, it's like, you know, you have the good angel on the one side and the devil on the other side, like they show it all the cartoons. We have one voice that helps us feel peace and happiness and joy. And one that helps us feel none of those and just feel kind of yucky feelings as if you're walking into a bad neighborhood and it's like, just get out of here. That's all it's telling you. When we start having that yucky feeling is simply, you know, get out of here. But our brain, like, so it's like, it's almost like, uh, you remember the old Batman, Batman 66? Mm-hmm. So they have that bat computer and they put in their little questions and out come the answers. Yeah. I think that's a little bit how our brain works. You know, you got, you got inputs coming in from both sides. You know, the angel and the devil are trying to give you things to put in. We choose what, what actually goes in. They can give us yeah. thoughts, but we have a choice whether we put it in or not. And then, I mean, some of that stuff sticks around. You know, some of it sticks around and some of those little cards get stuck in the, you know, in the back computer a little bit longer. But once we start realizing, oh, that's what happened. We can put in enough good stuff to get a lot of the bad stuff out. And, and, and more importantly, it's just simply realizing like our, our body is made so well. I, I had this conversation just yesterday, a very, very powerful moment with my own mentor of you know, I, I asked him, there was a PTSD type experience I had. And I'm like, man, Michael, I, I would, I just want, like, normally I'm fine, but every now and then it comes back and I just want to get rid of it. And he said, Joseph, no, you don't. And I was like, what? And he's like, Joseph, like, that's simply the, like, what I was able to realize or what he said, one of the two was even that hint of a feeling that isn't peace is already simply immediately saying stop immediately. And in that moment, Oh my goodness, I was so grateful. And my mind was just blown. Like, Oh, that hint of a, a yucky feeling. That's the first person saying before we even go into the neighborhood, Hey, you don't, you don't want to go into that neighborhood. And so when we start having all this thinking coming up in our head of, oh, I'm this, oh, I'm this, we don't have to own it. I mean, you know, and just having known you, like, I, I think more of what you've done is simply just ignored it. And when it, when it comes up, it's like, well, I'm, or actually, you know what you've probably done is you've outworked it. You've just said, okay, well, you think that? It's kind of like Case Kenny was on here a few Oh, probably about it six months ago, and uh, he he kind of had this a little bit of a similar attitude as you of like, 
oh, I can't do that. You know, the crazy electric guy's like, hey, I can't do that. Watch me. Yeah. Watch and, me. Yeah. And I've actually had a mindset, a mindset shift uh, this year. So up to this point, you know, um, the years previous, you know, I, I carry all of it on this huge chip on my shoulder and I walk around with it and I, I wanted to rub my success in the face of everybody that says that I, I couldn't do it. You can't be there. You can't do that. You're only a cop. Put the tie on. Every day, those, those voices are in my head, you know, and I use that to fuel me um, every day. And so that's actually, that's where I got my energy, you know, um, you know, positive or not. I use that to, to turn it into a positive. Um, but then actually what I did was in January, um, or actually more like February, I said, you know what? I'm going to put those voices to bed. And I was successful because of them. And I worked hard because of them. But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to work hard for now who's more important to me um, than anything. That's actually my family. So that I'm working hard for them now. Um, and I, I'm putting the chip, putting the chip away as much as I can. I chiseled it off. There's always going to be a chip on my shoulder because it's, it's who I am. Um, but, you know, to go back to some of what you were saying, you know, when, when you have that, that negative mindset of like, oh, I, I can't attract the right person, you attract the energy that you put off. Um, if you're not well with yourself, if you're not happy with yourself, if you're not working on yourself, then you're not going to attract the right person. You know, you're going to attract the energy you put out. Um, if you go around just speaking negatively upon yourself, um, you're going to create a partner that's going to speak negatively to you. Uh, and you're going to end up in an abusive relationship. And so, you know, I have a lot of friends that kind of say the same, same thing that Joseph just, just was talking about. Um, man, I just, you know, I'm 30, I'm 35, uh, you know, I, I don't deserve, it's like they, they're speaking and you can hear like, I don't deserve better, you know, than, than what I, I don't deserve a partner that, that actually works and provides for me and my family. I don't deserve somebody to be there and pamper me essentially. Um, but that's the energy they put off. So they attract the same person. I've seen the same different names, same person in and out of their life, you know, uh, treat, treat them the same way. And it, it, it hinders them and it hinders their ability to, to be who they are. Um, and until they work on themselves, they're never going to attract the right partner. Um, so you got, you have to work on yourself. You have to say positive things to you. You have to get into a spot where you don't really need anybody. You know, you're, you're doing fine. You're, you're rocking it out. You're successful. You're killing it. You know, um, you're 10 X in life. Uh, and then you'll, you'll attract that 10 X spouse who, you know, comes in and, and, and takes care of you. You know, as you, as you were talking and sharing your story, specifically the part about you know the the chip and having used these voices to propel you i was even thinking because there's so many people that we do that it's like i mean we've all seen that you know talk show where this gorgeous girl comes on and she's like and you know and then she brings on the people that were mean to her and it's like look at me now you can't, now you can't have me no matter how bad you want me. You treated me horribly. And what's interesting about that is, I mean, because you know, I even like, you know, high school and junior high and all the school years were not the most, the most favorable of my life by any means. And at the same time, I truly understand now that as the philosopher Sidney Banks says, everybody's doing the best they know how given their thinking in that moment. And, and I think when we start seeing that and understanding, I mean, you know, there, there is something about like part of us sometimes wants to be happy for people around us. But I think the real question we're asking is, well, when is it my turn? 
you know, when, when your cop friends and other people around you see you moving forward in your life and, and, and now having an incredibly different life and not really being held back by anything, there probably is a part of them like, oh, I should have done that. Or, you know, when is it my turn? And, and I think sometimes when we just allow ourselves to really see everything with a state of gratitude and even love, like even just love of just, you know, like we, we know so certainly who we are that other people's words just don't matter and we're there and we listen to what they say. And sometimes even listening to somebody that, because everybody deals with people that are, you know, kind of talking trash to them. When we just stop and not worry about what they're saying and just understand it's not coming from them. It, it's coming from whatever they're feeling in that moment. You know, like they're, it, it's like the person that, you know, cuts us off or the person that does anything like that. And they're everybody, especially today with, the world in a bit more chaos than it was before everybody's just trying to barely hang on and i think there is something about just extending a lot more understanding you know and kindness to the people around us now sometimes i do and sometimes i don't there's there's plenty there's been plenty of times i do and and there's other times like i got fouled when i was playing basketball a couple <laughs> weeks ago but a guy felt he grabbed me in the air which you just don't do in basketball. And I turned around and, and I said something to him like, okay, so what? I don't like it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, wish harm or hurtful things on his family or anything of that nature. So I think there's something to like understand that everybody else is human. And also of just allowing ourselves to, like you talked about with even your family the idea that's been on my mind lately is this straight and narrow path. Like you have generally taken a straight and narrow path towards your goals. And was it, was it four years or five years that you became the number two realtor? Uh, four years. So yeah, so, I'm just on my fifth year now. So in four years, you became the number two realtor in all of the state of Missouri. Like that's amazing but you knew your goal. And I think so often, especially with single people now remind me, how old were you when you got married? I was, Oh gosh, 20. You were 20. Okay. So you're, <laughs> Cause I, I remember. I was just that a story. Kid. Uh-huh. But, but yeah. So like with a lot of single people, because they want to be married so bad, they yeah. don't take, they don't take the time they have now as a gift to focus on their goals. Yeah. And, and I mean, you have been just such an amazing example of saying, like, go forward, go forward, go forward. I know you're a pretty decent Grant Cardone fan of the uh, 10X rule. 10X. And, and of going, like, I think so often we don't go towards our goals with everything we have, or even close to everything we have. I mean, if we had... If it was like the RPMs of a car, you know, and it was the red area, I don't think we usually get past like the two or three or the four, you know, area very much. I think we're all just kind of barely getting by. And even when we have impressions about things that we can do to get towards our goals, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And then when we engage in our goals, it's like yesterday when I wrote those songs, it was so much fun. Like it was just, I was having an amazing time and we were riffing back and forth and it was just awesome. I mean, tell me, tell me about like the journey. Tell me about your journey. Like, are, are you, do you, did you generally enjoy the journey of all Man. that hard work all the time or like, what, what was it like for you? So I'll, I'll tell you having a family and doing it, it, it was difficult, you know? And so I tell all my team members, um, I would say the majority of my team now is uh, single. Um, I was like, man, this is your time, you know? Like you don't have anybody at home 
telling you, you got to be home at a certain time, you know, for dinner, you can do whatever it is you want. You are truly a free spirit, you know? Um, so I said, build that empire now, you know? And, and I was blessed that I found my wife, you know, uh, at a young age, we, we've been together, gosh, since we were 14. So we've built this kind of empire together. Take, take, a few, take a few minutes and tell us your story. I just, I just want, uh, I want to hear it. I think that gives people hope. Even man, though they can find I them mean, when they're 14, they can find them when they're 30 or 40 or 50 yeah, or whatever. It's, it's mean, still a story. Yeah, you know, I mean, I met my wife in junior high school. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we started going out, you know, inseparable. I mean, we kind of, it's kind of like we blocked off the world, you know. And, uh, man, I mean, she got me through high school uh, for sure. <laughs> you know, she's way smarter than me. Um, so we... She's, you know, we've been together ever since and uh, we have two kids. And so I started this, I started a whole new career, um, having two kids and a wife at home. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, and like, this is, this is nuts, you know, and uh, working on a hundred percent commission only job when I have a family to support, man, probably, you know. I guess it turned out to be a smart thing to do, but, but definitely not the safe thing to do. Um, you know, luckily like my wife's very supportive of me and kind of just goes along with whatever crazy, silly ideas I have, you know, and I always have plenty, um, you know, and so we've, we've just, you know, now we're fortunate enough, you know, she, she was able to step away from the job that, you know, she was doing to focus on whatever it is, you know, that her dreams kind of lead her to, um, and, you know, she's still working through that, you know, trying to find out what's going to make her happy, uh, you know, and still make sense for a family. But for single, you know, for the singles, I'm like, man, like, you don't have to have the balance. You can 10x that, you can 20x that, you know, and because it was really hard balancing um, not seeing my family for that first two years. I mean, I worked 40, 60 hours as a detective. I mean, working the, the most horrific crime scenes that you could think of. And then I'm literally leaving a, a homicide um, to go show a house. I mean, literally within the same 30 minutes. And so I had to switch gears from homicide detective to realtor, um, you know, and it, it was hard. And, you know, getting home at midnight sometimes and have to wake up, at it, you know, and, and be back at work, you know, to do the detective thing. And uh, I don't know how many hours I put in. Uh, but then trying to balance that. So I always kind of go back and I think it's Dave Ramsey quote of, of you live like no one else, you live like no one else now. So you can live like, you know, no one else later. And it's something similar to that where basically you have to put in the time and effort to get where you want to be. Uh, you you got to know what your why is. You know, I have a very strong why. It's to change, to change my family dynamic. You know, uh, I, I don't want my kids to grow up the same way I grew up. I want if it, everybody, I feel like just would have that one goal, like when they do start, we find somebody and start a family, there is one goal, you know, of you should just make sure that your children's lives are better than yours, you know, and I feel like that would solve so many problems in this world. Uh, is that's my goal is, is my kids lives are going to be better than mine and I hope that they feel the same you know no matter how good their life is make your kids lives better you know and and that's how you build a legacy and that's what I want to be remembered for um but but you know kind of go back to like you know people what people say to you and and you you have to show people how to treat yourself um the more successful I got the more people wanted to throw arrows at me, you know, the more real estate is a very cutthroat business. Um, I, I operate a lot differently than that. I'm a very much, uh, you know, there is so, there's so much an abundance of business out here. I actually competition on a daily basis because it's going to make me better. And I, and I know they'll never be, they, they will still never outwork. You know, they will push me to be, to go even harder, grind even harder. But I always joke, you know, at the office, if I had a body cam on for a week, like people would be horrified at what people say to me, you know, just they just feel free to come up and just tell me 
you know, oh, I don't like your Facebook page. It's you post too much. Uh, you're doing this and or you're doing that. I mean, just God awful. I've been doing this for so many years, you know? And I was like, well, you should probably sell more houses than me, but you don't. So <laughs> go, go step, you know? But there's, there's one quote that anytime anybody says anything awful to me, um, I, I remember and it's from Eleanor Roosevelt and it's no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And that when people say negative things to me, you know, I could let it affect me and like, oh man, like, oh, this person, they don't like me. I'm going to go cry. You know, well, they're invisible. They, they cannot hurt me. They are not strong enough to hurt me. Uh, they, they're nothing. They're in their own world, you know, and let them be miserable because there's something else in their life that they're not happy with. It's not you. It's not that the fact that I sell more houses than them. Who cares? I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, in reality, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's not who I am. I, what I want to be remembered for is, man, I'm a great husband. I'm a great father. I'm a great leader. It's not that I, I don't want to be, you know, when I die, have on my tombstone, hey, Gary was the number two real, right? That's marketing. It gets he wants me a it lot to say of business. Gary was the number one realtor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that for sure, right? But, you know, the hardcore realtor, you know, it's it's mm. marketing, you know? It does go along with my personality, uh, but that's not what I want to be remembered for. You know, it's just a beginning, you know, to, to an end of, at some point of, of me, you know, traveling with my family and, and making my kids better. But, you know, you, you can all, you can listen to all this negative talk from people and you just can't let it affect you. Um, it's easy to say, and it always will to, to some extent, it, you can hear it, but just don't let it alter your course of what you're doing because they're just trying to derail you, you know? And um, it's, it's the same thing. And if you go meet, bring somebody home to the family and they're like, Oh, well, this person, this, that person, that man, cut out the noise, you know, and they may think they have your best interests at heart, but man, in reality, there could be a lot of jealousy, envy, uh, even within families, you know? I mean, I like what you said about jealousy, because usually if somebody's talking trash about us, it really is. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because the thing, these are, I think I might have told you this before, but like, these are things that people have actually told a friend of mine they said more people would like joseph if he wasn't so optimistic if he wasn't so energetic and if he wasn't so picky about who he dated well if if that's what friendship caused the the price is too high man i i'll, I'll just enjoy my time by myself yeah. <laughs> with you, the people you got one like life me. Yeah, you got one life, live it how you want to live it, you know, and the life is short. Like, I don't even know where this last 20 years went, you know, I just hit 40. And I'm just like, wow, like, I mean, two kids, two careers at the top of my field, like, man, this is crazy, you know, and, but even the big, biggest part of it's just been the last five years, you know, uh, but yeah, it, it goes quick, but you have one life. The way I decided, I'm going to live it the way I want to live it, not the way any boss wants me to live it, not the way any anybody, anybody, any family member. It's it's ours. It, there's a really cool song by Pink that's called "All I Know So Far," and in there she says, "I wish I would have known that it was my life was mine to choose." And and keep in mind, I mean, you know, she's writing a song probably for you know regular people but even her life there's probably been things that she hasn't that she's felt forced to do or hasn't done or things like that and, and the other thing that you said was you know on building an empire and you know and i know you one of the rules in 10x from what i remember is like you know essentially don't play it safe go big or and there's a quote that I have actually on my vision board. Yes, I have a vision board and it's awesome. That says, don't you dare play it safe. And it was actually, a, it was a bumper sticker that was tagged on to a trunk. I think it was on Luke Combs set or something like that. And I just, I just thought that was so cool. You know, it's such a great reminder 
you know, and, and, and back to, uh, we, we don't even have, like people think they have to go through, okay, well, I have all these limiting beliefs about, you know, what people think, or why do I care so much what they think? It, it doesn't matter. I find if I, if I played a CD over and over and over, I mean, it's the, it's the small world at Disneyland effect, you know, over and over and over, that's going to be going through my head. One of the things that I, I actually encourage people to do, especially well, one of my clients do, especially is to write their life story a year from today, exactly where they want to be but in their wildest dreams. And then what I've, I've done personally is I recorded mine. And just, just a day ago or so, I just started playing it. Like I have a, a repeat track that just keeps going and going and going and going. And if I'm even just walking around the house, I will turn the speakers up and I will just play that. Well, what happens eventually, the same way as that whole be all that you can be thing, that becomes your story. If I've heard something so many times, my mind, or which yeah, I don't know how, how much that works, but like is going to, it's going to start thinking, okay, well, you talked about this. Well, you talked about this. You talked about this. And those things are going to begin to happen. And the beginning of it says, like, this last year, things basically began to happen in my life as if by magic. Because we're painting, we're, we're taking what's our formless ideas, and then we're putting them on paper in somewhat of form. And then as we do that, as we internalize that, and as they become a bigger part of ourselves, we start noticing things that we've never noticed before. You know, it's, it's the effect of, you know, the same, the, the overused analogy of seeing a car that on the road that you now own or that you went and test drive. Oh, yeah. Well, if we plant so firmly in our head, our vision, but then also when the little nudges come from the inner voice, that still small voice of the spirit that just said, Hey, go do this, go do this. We actually have to do it. And I'm curious, did you, did you have any type of vision when you started out or did you just start I, plowing forward and see what happened? I know, I know everybody kind of thinks differently. So I'm curious. Yeah. So the first couple of years, I, man, I didn't really have a vision. I was just, I didn't have time to have a vision or think, you know, um, you know, I, I just, I'm going to sell as many houses as I can this year. I'm going to sell as many houses as I can. You know, uh, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how I was going to do it. You know, I, I am very much a fly by the seat of my pants guy anyways. Um, you know, I'm never one. I'm, I'm going to write down the plan and then go do it. I'm just not an analytical, you know, person like that. I'm a very much, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it fail. I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to, I'm going to redo it, you know? And so that is actually how I built my business is I, I went and went and went until I failed. And I'm like, okay, I can't do anymore. And I, I adjusted it, you know, and I, I, I went, went, went. Is so kind of give an example. Um, you know, I, I used to steadily sell 10 houses a month, you know, and I was like, man, I just don't That's know. That's amazing in real estate, guys. In case anyone doesn't know real estate, selling 10 houses yeah. a month is, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. But I, could, I couldn't get any further than that, you know? So I kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying, and I, Bell, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take a step back. What do I do? Um, and I need to hire an assistant. You know, I, I I don't know what to what else to do. And I didn't map it out. I didn't say, hey, can I afford this or or not? I hired I hired my first assistant. And then I was like, boom, I, I sold 15 houses the very next month. I'm like, okay, I, I want to get I want to get 20. How do I get 20? You know, I'm like going, going, going. You know, I kept belling, I kept belling. Okay, what can I do? I adjust it again, you know, and, and then every time I just, I found a different way to leverage myself, um, to get better. And cause there is only so many hours, a day, but you start hiring people and leveraging out your systems and processes, you know, and then that propelled me to, 
Um, I think, you know, the most I got, you know, was 22, 22 houses in a month. Um, and then, you know, that, that was a lot, you know, I mean, you figure the average realtor per year sells 12, 12 houses a year. And, and I'm, you know, doubling that in, in a month. And so, but I couldn't do it, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't help her. So, but anytime I, I was to make a big decision. So when I hired my first assistant, you mentioned Grant Cardone and the 10X rules. There's two rules that stand out more than anything. So I used to, I used to carry it into my notebook with me, all the rules. And I'd open up the spiral notebook and I would read the rules. And I'm just, I just sat at my desk. I'm like, take risks, massive action. Okay, I'm gonna hire an assistant. I need, okay, now I need to hire another assistant. Take risks, massive action. I don't have any room, I need to buy a building. Take risks, massive action. You know, I mean, most realtors would think, man, you're crazy to buy a $600,000 building just for you and your team when you only had to pay $200, you know, to be at the brokerage. Well, man, massive action, take risks, you know? Uh, we can only sell, sell so many houses in that small office I was in. Now I have a lot of offices. We can get more focused. We felt where we were. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to quit until I'm the number one realtor in the world. So his, his office used to be almost like a Harry Potter closet, guys. It was, <laughs> it was so incredibly small when he, when, when he first walked me in there, it was like, this is my office. And I'm like, dude, you're the number two realtor at all of Missouri. Like you need a bigger office than this. I, I don't right. think I actually said that, but what, what are the things you said as you were talking? And what, one of the things I heard, you, you actually did have a vision. You had a very simple vision. Yeah. Like you go. Yeah. I mean, just go, but you wanted to provide for your family and you yeah. wanted to provide a better life. Guys, even that is a vision. That that is a vision and it's worked really well. And then what you did exceptionally well, every single nudge that you began to get, every time the that inner voice spoke to you, you you acted, you acted, you acted. And because of that, you were able to just like create an incredible, incredible company. So guys, you don't actually have to have a massive, massive vision. It can be simple. It's, it's whatever you guys want for yourselves. But then you have to take the steps necessary. And Gary is definitely an incredible, incredible example to me even of just taking action. I'm, I'm one of those that usually is just a lot more laid back and chill and just, you know, I do what comes to me. I do what comes to me. I do what comes to me. But Gary is an incredible example of just nothing but action. But he also, like, we also need to take steps back when we're just taking tons of action and listen. And so we're, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here today, but I, I want to give Gary just a few minutes to say, you know, anything else that he feels is important for you know, people to know. So we're sitting here talking about my journey of real estate and, and stuff. So one thing I've realized, um, I joined a networking group of all seven figure, eight figure business owners. And it's a really small group. It's very, you know, um, inclusive where there's like seven or eight of us and we talk about our business and we dissect it to each one of us, you know, to the whole group. And then we get feedback, you know, from all the rest of us. But the thing is, is what I've realized in this group is one, there's, there's multi-millionaires, you know, uh, eight, eight, seven, eight figure people in there. So I, I kind of use it. Why not me? You know, I'm the small, I'm like the small dog in this room, you know, uh, that, that we're in. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, surround myself in rooms where I'm the stupidest, you know, like walk in the room where I'm the stupidest person in the room and everybody else is, is way smarter than me uh, because everybody knows that if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, you know? And, but one thing I realized was, is no matter what business it is, no matter what job it is, it's the same process. It's the same struggles everybody goes through. It's the same wins and the same losses. It doesn't have to be real estate. Like I know we're sitting here talking about that. It could be anything that you guys are doing right now. Just whatever it is, 
be the best at it. You know, um, I don't care if you're working at McDonald's, if you're working at a convenience store, be the best, you know, uh, worker at McDonald's, be the best worker at that convenience store. And your life will start to change on its own, just changing that mindset. And then you'll realize, you know, I deserve more, you know, why not me? And you'll, you'll propel, you know, into the galaxies of what you do deserve. And you just, but you've got to do it. You've got to take massive action. Um, and sometimes you got to, like, I'm in this process, I got to, I'm slowing down to speed up uh, because we can get so fast. We're like, I don't know, like a, like a rat almost in a cage, like we're bouncing off the wall. Um, and so I, I, I added all these agents. So I had to slow down my production so I can train all these people so we can speed up, you know? And yeah, we took a hit, you know, um, for, for a month or two, but we're, we're going to be better off for it. So sometimes you just got to take a step back, what you're doing, manifest what you're wanting, you know, like, Hey, I'm number one realtor in the world in five years. If I keep saying that, I have no doubt it's going to come true. I believe it with like my whole being, you know, and nothing's going to step in my stand in my way or, you know, they're going to get run over. So you, you can apply that in every, every life, you know, every job, I don't care what it is. It applies. You know, it's very simple. Life is a really a simple thing, you know, when you, when you dissect it, um, but you just have one life, you know, go, go work on yourself and, and you be you. Well, Gary, thank, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here, man. This has been so fun. And, and if you guys do happen to be in the Missouri area and want the best realtor, definitely go with Gary. And let me, and I'll give Gary a, a moment to just share how he can, uh, how people can get in contact with him if they'd like to. Yeah, definitely. Also, I run a team in Florida. So I guess I forgot to, to plug that earlier. Um, so we can help you in Florida. But truly also, um, man, I belong to a special group of elite realtors, the top 200, you know, and all the, all the nation. And the thing is, is I can get you connected with a top producer in your area. There's a huge difference between hiring a professional top producer than hiring just your average realtor. Um, they, they will just net you so much more money or save you money on the buy side. Um, so definitely, you know, if, no matter where you're looking, reach out to me, I'll help you. Um, but also you can find me on Facebook. I, you know, that's, that's my main, you know, thing that I'm on daily. Um, just search Gary Curley, K-E-R-L-E-Y, you know, hit me up. I have an Instagram as well. I believe I'm actually the hardcore realtor on there. Um, but Facebook is where I'm on daily. Uh, if you'd like to connect. Well, thanks again, Gary. It's, it's been great having you on, man. Hey, thank you. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on. And you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes. So you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one -on -one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world. Then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. 
And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.